You're listening to a special podcast produced by UMFM 101.5 in partnership with the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Running Thursday, July 7th through Sunday, July 10th at picturesque Birds Hill Park, Winnipeg Folk Festival is a celebration of people and music that has been one of North America's premier outdoor music festivals for over 40 years. I'm Michael Elves, host of Thank God It's Free Range, and this episode spotlights Jay Wood. Jay Wood, the band fronted by Jeremy Haywood Smith, is set to release its new record, Slingshot, just days after the Folk Festival. Jay will be performing on Friday, July 8th at 1.15 at the Burr Oak stage at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. For the full lineup, a complete list of set times to purchase tickets, and for more information on the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca. All right. Well, he is set to uh, release his new record just days after playing the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Jeremy Haywood Smith, performing under the name Jay Wood, joins us by phone. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going. It's going well. Just trying to stay away from the heat. Oh. And <laughs> yeah, stay healthy, productive, stay, mindful, all the things. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated, of course. Yeah. Popular. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're uh, we're recording in this, this in the midst of a, a pretty big heat wave, and fingers crossed it cools off a little for the time you uh, take the stage at Birds Hill. Oh man, I can only imagine performing or even just having festivals in this weather. It'll be be kind of scary, but yeah, fingers crossed. Well, I know I caught you at Pride uh, mm. on on the stage, and it was it was a warm day. Like, do you do any different prep for for a concert like that? <laughs> no, I, I I think I'm still. I still dress like it's fall, which is just me. Like I, I always, I never really notice the weather shift until it's like, until it's like this. I'm like, Oh, it's actually summer now. Okay. I can, you know, start wearing lighter clothes. I think for pride, I was like, this feels like a summer show. So I'm like, I'm just wear shorts and wear a super flowy shirt. And thankfully it seemed like we were dressed very appropriately for, for that performance. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a really, really lovely day. Yeah, uh, f- yeah. So fingers crossed, we get something similar uh, weather-wise yeah. uh, out at Burt Hill. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of like the set you played that day, is that kind of similar to what you anticipate you'll be, you know, doing at Folk Fest? Like, like, do mm. you kind of plan for the audience, or what's your kind of like mindset for that? Yeah, I think for the Folk Fest set, it'll be very similar to that the the Pride set, just because it's the week before the album drops, and I want to start playing songs after the album is released. Mm. So I, I think I'll maybe add one more new song to the set, a cover. And yeah, I, our, we have an earlier time slot. And initially I was like, oh, we should play slower songs. But I'm like, now I'm like, you know what? Nah, I'm just going to, let's just be loud and play the super high energy set middle of the day. And that's going to be totally cool on its own. For sure. Now you've been Ooh. releasing songs off of Slingshot kind of like little by little. What, kind of decision making goes into like which track at what time Mm. um i think for track decision for me i really wanted to try to get a general sense of the scope of the album like i was like if it's all if it's all the songs that feel or sound the same anything that i've put out it just won't be interesting for me so i really wanted to try to get people to listen to the songs that would kind of give you a general idea of some of the sounds and themes on the album as a whole. As for like the singles, there was a lot of discussion with both labels and like PR about the singles for this album, because like 
I, 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 I call it the no skip album where every song feels like it could be a single and the label very much agreed with that. So mm -hmm. yeah, they went back and forth for a while. I pitched my ideas of the songs that I felt would probably be the best representation of the album. And thankfully, you know, um, through talking to everybody, that's kind of the dis what we decided on. There were like some really clear, like for sure, for sure songs that were going to be singles. Like thank you. And just saying we're for sure going to be singles. And I think just planning around when to make, when to, to do those was interesting, but it ended up working out and it's a cool little, uh, single array that's out right now. Yeah. So you have two labels, you have a Canadian label and then an international mm -hmm. Royal mountain and capture tracks. Mm -hmm. Is it like, does that present a difficulty kind of dealing with two different labels? Like, like, do you ever get kind of like cross messages in terms of like which one they want to focus on or like, is it fairly in concert between the two? I think it's fairly in concert. Like capture tracks is pretty much everything outside of Canada, whereas Royal mountain is specifically in Canada. So I think I do a lot of my like general talking with captured tracks just because they kind of hold a lot more of the territories and, and that. And like from those discussions, we'll all collectively talk to Royal mountain and we'll get their insight. And then, yeah, it just kind of, it just becomes like a big conversational pool. So it seems like it's been working really great. And thankfully, yeah, everything's moving along nicely. Now you'd released some days like on your own, and then now this will be the the first record under this this deal with these labels. Oh well, or, some days actually came out on the label. Did it? Okay, so I guess yeah. you, re you re in released it independently first, though, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah okay, that's maybe how I've got my timeline. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. So, mm. uh, so they picked it up. They released some days, but this is like the first kind of like fresh record under yeah. the under the two. Yeah. Did that like change your creative? process at all like was there any sort of uh input beforehand like in sort of pre-production and and that kind of aspect um it was kind of interesting like some days like the ep was fully done fully mastered everything and when we were negotiating the overall like record deal like the label signing i was like look i have this ep because when i was talking to jane who i did most of the kind of um just relationship building with i i was sending her demos from the, the new album like i was working on the new album before i was even on the label and i was like here are all the demos and she was super stoked on it but i was like i'm gonna need more time to get it done though and but I'm like, i if i have the right have the time have the resources here's an ep we can put out and if i just have like another year and some change because at that time we were in like COVID and I couldn't record it properly. And I was like, ah, I don't want to do it at home because it won't sound the way I want to. So yeah, thankfully the EP kind of bought me more time mm. and it works as like a one, two punch because for me, it's like really great to have my first body of work right next to my newest body of work. Cause it shows the furthest, it's just like the biggest representation of growth, which for me is like the main theme of the album. So I was like, Perfect. Even in, in influenced the name of the album being slingshot was that idea of like being pulled to the all the way back and being shot forward again, which is a really cool little Easter egg there. Mm. But yeah, I think it's um it didn't so much influence, it just kind of gave me a little more time, which was really nice. Right.
So mm-hmm. you mentioned the like the thematic idea. I'd also read that this is kind of treated as like a day in the life. Yeah, it's, I mean, I feel like everything I do is pretty conceptual, but this one feels like, it, like the whole thing takes place in the course of one day. There is a whole overarching story in the album. Um, I feel like the execution of that story, I, like, I had multiple drafts of the album and I was like, you know, it was longer it was more dialogue. And I was like, you know what? Make it as concise as possible and leave the listener having to do some of the work on their own. And, uh, yeah, it takes course, it takes a course over the one night. And, um, yeah, it's just playing out a bunch of different scenarios and things that are happening. I, who knows? Maybe after the album's out, I'll release the, the script that accompanies the album and people can kind of get a better idea of what I was trying to say. So was that script mapped out before you started writing some of the songs or was that in looking at the songs, you created a script that sort of linked them? I think it slowly started to happen in tandem. Like I, when I had a good beginning, I was starting to type out the script, but as I was getting closer to the middle, I was like, I need a song that'll fit this part of the script. Cause I knew what, how the how the album was going to start, and I knew how it was going to end. But then I was like working um, back and forth on both ends to kind of fill in the middle. And then I was like, oh, okay, this song that I'm like playing around with makes sense here, and then this song makes sense here. And even the album layout was in the other drafts. It was like very different. Like some of the songs that were at the end of the album were at the top, and I was like, this has a better flow. Like the album sequence that's there now is just like it really for me when i hear it i hear that night and day cycle because it goes from like early evening to middle of the night to early morning and i think the way that the album's laid out now really kind of showcases that or at least it does for me um so yeah so that that notion of like evening to like late night to then like dawn that lands shine in the middle of the night yep so yep. that's, and I, as I understand it, you wrote that the night George Floyd was murdered. Yeah. So it was intentionally placed there because that is a, an especially dark point. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, you know, I had, um, I was talking to Matthew James Wilson, who wrote the bio for the, like, just the new Jaywood bio when we were talking about the album. He made a, he he actually drew that point and he made a really interesting, he's like, it's so interesting that the, uh, the darkest moment on the album is called Shine, mm. which I was like, oh, I, didn't, I really didn't even think of that. But that's kind of it. And I think it, yeah, it falls in the middle of the album. And then the song right after that is almost meant to guide you kind of out of it. And yeah, Shine. It's like <laughs> that's that, a complicated one for is, sure. Is that quote, it's always darkest before the dawn? That uh... Exactly. You know, like I, I think you get glimmers of like shining moments, even in the song, like in those pre-courses, um, where it's just like big synths and like super shiny music. And then it immediately goes back to like this dark brooding hip hop beat. And yeah, I think as much as I'm trying to be, I don't know if it's like militant or just like actively aware of certain things but like i i try to sprinkle 
moments of optimism in there. I think that's something I've always tried to do in my work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be curious to see what happens if I stop doing that and what my viewpoints are with certain things. So, but yeah, for that one, I just wanted to kind of have this song work as a, a middle piece and also a changing of uh, perception. I think as this character is going through the night, um, I think after Shine, it's like realizing that you kind of have to do more for yourself and look deeper within yourself to to kind of pave the way for your future. Had you written a song before, like in the instance right after something like, not necessarily like someone's murder, but like an event that mm-hmm. happened that you like forced you to kind of reckon with it? Um, Not really. No, this was the first time that I've written a song out of a reaction. Like there was, a, I, I guess, for, for thank you, you know, I started working on that song, you know, before my mom passed away. And I think I kind of had the idea early on that, like, even if it goes one or the other way, this song will still be the same thing, no matter what. But, you know, with her passing, I was like, I kind of know what I want to do with it now. Like, I, I don't want it to be a sad song. I want it to feel very light and very, very celebratory because yeah, that's, you know, something that was spoken about between her and I. And yeah, with shine, I think I, after George Floyd was murdered, I, I, that's such a weird day because I remember just sitting down and being like, this feels so different than ever before. And I think it was largely because the timing of the pandemic where it's like there were less distractions. And I think there was just because of that, we were just feeling things way more. And from that point, you know, I just started, I I, I kind of put a a very loose skeleton together and I was like, yeah, this is going to be the whole song, I think. And this is, I kind of already know what I want this to be as well. And I, I want to really step out of my comfort zone here in every way, like even trying to write a song about, you know, connecting to more people that look like me, um, to write a song about something that everyone was very much aware of and to not so much offer an opinion or an observation. It's just like, this is my experience with this event. And yeah, I, I hope that that isn't coming across as preachy or cloud chasey or anything like that it's more so just my experience with that moment i think if it's honest it's not preachy right it's not yeah that's true you know it's just a direct message and i mean you you tap into honesty on on this record throughout i mean you you said you know you mentioned your your mother's passing and that you know the thank you is a reflection of that and you you deal i know you talked about you know going to therapy in an interview you did Mm. before south by southwest that, you know, dealing with mental health issues is something that you address within the context of your songs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I try to, yeah, I, I, for this album, it's interesting. I really didn't want to write another album about me and my experiences, but I think I naturally gravitate to that because it's the easiest thing to write about, but also, it just offers a moment where I can actually maybe try to form connections with people listening if, if they want that. I, yeah, I was doing a lot of 
deep dives while working on this album, and I think it was impossible not to inevitably gravitate to those deep dives. Like I, even in in the in the concept of the album, the first I want to say couple songs are me trying to look outward and not be focusing on my own things. But I think um, in doing that, I found that the more I looked out, the more I was just seeing the world as kind of just a mirror. And it's hard not to see myself in certain things when it's like I could be in those situations and everyone around me can be in those situations. And from that, I was able to just, yeah, I, I just had to look at myself and start talking about myself, which was something I was having to do in therapy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a whole thing. Were there any like revelations in therapy that like became lyrics or like thematic kind of you know, points of, of departure for, for the creative process? Right. Um, I think even before I started going into therapy, the notion of connecting with my younger self has become a pretty prevalent thing since like 2018. And I think through therapy of really digging in the past and me like also just going through the, my past, like the whole time I was working on this album, I was biking like a mad person. I was biking every single day in the summertime, and that's where I was writing this album the most. And like from that, I would like be biking to my old, my schools, like where I, where I grew up in my old neighborhoods, and all these things. I was trying to just like see and remember how I felt in these places and just like my past. And I I think I would bring that to therapy and try to through it and then that eventually became something I would write into the script for the album and or that would be a character I made for the script to represent that or it would just become little tiny nuggets in the lyrics that only I would really know what they mean unless I told someone what they meant so there's a lot of like lyrics that they'll make sense to me immediately but they might not make sense the first listen Right. Until I maybe explain it or or don't, but I think I kind of like the idea of people being able to place their own experiences on top of you know a piece of art. I don't think it should be just one thing and one way of seeing things. Right. I mean, that's I think a classic thing. Once uh, once an artist releases something into the world, they have to reckon with the fact that where the listener greets it. Mm-hmm. is based on you know where that listener is at in their own life is That's is the reason right. you're sitting on a bike on the cover a tribute to the, all that biking you did yeah it's uh it's also a big theme on the album it's like you know uh to kind of talk on the concept a little bit it's like uh this character's biking through multiple areas and then a lot of things are happening within each area and um yeah it gets it starts off pretty light and fun and then it just gets kind of serious and then it becomes kind of shining and kind of hopeful, I would I would think and hope. But yeah, the bike is definitely the biggest theme on the album for sure. Mm. The, the title you alluded to, Slingshot, kind of being you know the mm. the narrative pull of like going backwards to then go forwards. I was also mm-hmm. thinking with a slingshot. Obviously, there's like the tension that like yep. mounts as you pull backwards, right? And mm-hmm. ultimately, there's that release, and then you're propelled forward from it. Yep. Is, was that sort of like in the back of your mind in terms of like f- feeling past the things that are pulling you back or feeling some sense of relief? Yeah, that that was entirely the whole thing around the the idea of slingshot. Like I, as I was looking in the past and like going through like hard 
realizations or whatever I was working through in therapy and just like on my own as I was biking and like having to accept about things. It's like, Oh, I'm never going to get these memories or these moments back again. That is hard in itself. Even if it's a good moment or if it's a bad moment, it's like, man, you know, you miss those moments just because whatever you feel like, I don't know. Like we look back and we're like, Oh man, things were much easier back in the day or like things were a lot different. Like, yeah, I think about that a lot. Like I think that there was just less distraction, like, or maybe I was just young and I, didn't pay attention to the thing, those things, but I kind of miss that, that being aloofness just to experience and have fun and just, yeah. And I think because of that, it makes it hard to look back. But I also realize that, just, and I, this is something interesting. I was having this conversation earlier of just like the idea of just because you are older does not mean you can't still connect with your younger self. So I think going back, and looking through your past is a way to connect with yourself. And then as hard as that is, the, the, the connection you make and form with yourself can kind of connect you to things that you didn't realize you lost touch with, like, you know, your creativity, your passions, certain friends, certain things that you forgot. You're like, oh, I totally forgot. I used to love going uh, fit, like bowling every Sunday. It's like, oh, I should do that again. Then before you know it, you feel better. And, before, and then from feeling better, you're making better connections and all those things and you're propelling forward in a happier life. So I think the idea of that was very prevalent on this album. And I was like, this is probably my best collection of songs so far. So I'm like, if this thing, you know, <laughs> like for me, it's like putting that on wax, I guess, and being like, yeah, this thing is going to make me feel better. Cause when I look back at it, I'll be like, Oh, I, I, I did a lot of work on this thing mm. and not even just music, just like in the whole experience leading up to the album, like losing a parent, the pandemic and choosing to do this rather than do anything else. I, I, I can look back at this and feel like really proud of myself for that. For sure. Before we go, I want to get you to pick a track off of the album that we can play for listeners. And if you have a reason why you're picking that one or an anecdote, we'd love to hear that. Um, I, I'll pick one of the singles and pick Thank You, just because I feel like that song has, it it just feels very light and very happy and very just floaty. I think, you know, when I, there's a lot of weird things going on in the world right now. And I think it's important to still try to find your joy and find your happiness despite it all. So I'll, I'll pick Thank You. And I will encourage people to try and find something they can be thankful for. Wow. And when the album comes out, I would pick uh, Kitchen Floor. That's my favorite song off the album. So when it comes out, listen to Kitchen Floor and be like, hell yeah. So that's July 15th on Royal Mountain and Captured Tracks. Uh, happy and floaty, definitely, certainly words that have described Folk Fest in the past. So uh, good luck at the <laughs> Folk Fest. Thank you. Thank you so much.
Michael Ells and you've been listening to a special podcast spotlighting Jay Wood. We'll be performing on Friday, July 8th at the Baroque stage at 1.15pm at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. To hear more featured artists, visit umfm.com and be sure to visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca to get tickets to this great event running July 7th through 10th at Birdsville Park.